0: Kurt here mFG cast second week in a row we have a fantastic interview again like I said we're gonna do we're going try to do a review a week which is unlike what we've usually done because we usually like to do our podcast during the month and then maybe one or two but we're going try to do uh, trying to have one a week so um, with that we have a return guest we don't have too many of those Stephen Bonacourt is about the only guy that ever wants to come back on here I'm just kidding. It's all been great. But we've got Matthew Rogers from Gamestable. Matthew, thanks for coming back on again.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back.
0: All right. So before we talked to you, we had Bane the Game. We had the Kickstarter. Um, it, we, uh, on your end, everything seemed to go good. We, we helped you promote the crap out of it. It was successful. Awesome. So now we, did, we, get, to, we get to see what happens after the fact. So, Matthew, why don't you kind of give us an update on what's going on with Bain?
1: You bet. Before we started the Kickstarter, we knew that we would be facing the challenge of pulling everything together as a first-time Kickstarter publisher, mm-hmm. and we also knew that, given our bandwidth, me being the only person that actually can devote sort of a full-time effort, because uh, we're still a very small, growing company, we actually baked into the process an extra two months, um, so after we doing all of our research... About how long it takes, and checking in with our manufacturer, and looking at the post-production, you know, sort of process. As we said, okay, let's make sure we give ourselves an extra couple of months to be able to uh, move at the pace that we need to and be able to handle. Because some of these things will still be for the first time mm-hmm. um, of actually going through the, the formal process. So it's been great. Um, that timing's working out. We've got four different groups of people um, working in various stages of the game. So there's you know rules stuff going on the box design and, and and card uh refinement uh visual card refinement and some saturation things and you know working with the colors and refining that and then on the other side i've got my you know my play mat stuff going on you know, the hunting grounds and and uh, the finalization of the visuals there and uh, so i got you know, a guy working on that and then we, of course have our illustrator who's uh, in the process of working on uh the enhancements to uh some of the Uh, illustrations that are happening. We have our high tiers. uh, The $300 tier was, was, you know, one of the rewards there was to contribute to some actual illustration uh, in the game. And so, you know, so moving parts, each of the things coming together, and um, everything looks like we're, you know, on pace to be able to pull it all together by September, which is when we go into all of our soft-proofing, and then we roll into October, which is production.
0: Perfect. So... That brings a couple of questions into into mind when uh, when you talk about this kind of stuff because I we really don't get that get much of a chance to talk to people about after the fact as oh. far as kickstarters go. So what you know what have been some of the challenges you guys come into contact with at, now that everything is done and gone and you know every, the Kickstarter is officially done and you have this production to get through and you know the contact with the different people that have. Uh, um helped out with the high tiers with helping out with the game. What are some of the challenges that you've come up that you've come into that you're trying to work through right now?
1: Ah, uh, it's a good question. I would say for us, you know our journey is certainly specific to us. Um, there are probably commonalities uh, with small companies that you know go through their first and second kickstarters. Mm-hmm. so uh, I'm sure my story is probably somewhat similar <laughs> right now, we haven't really stumbled into you know anything that's been I would classify as you know, a problem. Mm-hmm. There's just the usual project management coordination, I would say, is your, your number one thing. It's ensuring that the, the people you're working with are coordinated in the right order. We want to get, of course, certain components and elements done ahead of others. And so, uh, so I spent uh, my time in, in June working through uh, the strategy for how to execute which things in which order, so that they could just I can concentrate on you know which person I'm subbing that workout to, stay focused with them and be able to make sure that that gets done in parallel working with another you know another person I'm subbing with, but then it's layered correctly because we're sharing assets. So we have two different graphic people working together, and so those assets have to be shared. So one is generating asset officially and the other gets to utilize that. so just sort of layering those things together. and then of course promoting the game at the same time. So still going about you know going around to my stores and still uh, catching up with people and getting a chance to spend FaceTime with a lot of the great people in the Northwest that i've you know were used as our, our grassroots sort of a fan building you know that we did, which really helped us actually be successful with the Kickstarter, and so I haven't just stopped doing those things either, so I'm still traveling and still uh, spending time uh, in Oregon where I'm at, um, especially I've been up to Seattle for one visit already um, at an event up there and uh and, and just spending that time and squeezing that in as well. So those are things are basically my challenge. You know, your normal project management stuff, getting everything layered correctly, uh, and so it's be timed out right, coupled with still promoting and spending time. And of course, it is summertime when I have three kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's you know, and it's funny because I've talked about this before. I think I talked about this in the last uh, interview with Aram. It, it you know, it's funny because you know everybody everybody expects this thing to happen and, you know, they, you know, they want this game and they want it now and they've got these other parts, but they don't realize all the other things that go into what, you know, what other, you know, what you guys have got going on. You know, you've got a life outside of what's going on. You've got, you know, you've got a bunch of other hands and different things with the other people that work with the game. You can't just, it just can't be one of those things where it's like you get this done, you get this done, you get this done. There's a lot more that goes into it than just, Hey, this is a game. This is what this is how it's gonna come out, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We don't have, I don't have a staff, right? We're not meeting, you know, in our offices every day at eight, you know, having donuts and Starbucks <laughs> and talking about the day. You know, we don't have our Wednesday afternoon company RPG time, you know. Yeah. It, right, we, we, we don't have that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So it's something that we've prepared for. Like I said, before we actually ran the Kickstarter, there was some discussion about it, and we had thought about it. Essentially, when you run a Kickstarter, it's typically uh, uh, you know, it's a, a, a school of thought, or it's pretty wise to think of it in three parts. What happens if you do not fund? What happens if you just fund? And what happens if you fund wildly? Mm-hmm. And so there's three different scenarios for the outcome. So we had to put some thought into each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, even before we kick started uh so uh yeah, and then now we said, okay, yes, yeah, so we met our goal just a little bit above, so we we were you know scenario number two,
0: <laughs> and uh yeah, so it's all good man it's nice. all good yeah that's great it's always good to hear the good news about Kickstarter because there's other yeah. there's always there's always the bad side of it for sure
1: oh it was certainly a lot of hard work,
0: yeah, yeah, yep, and you can tell you can tell what's you know what's come out my other question is, and i've actually had a, a lot of people talking about this on Twitter and stuff like that, just for themselves. But uh, I'd like to get your in, I'd like to get your take on it. How do how what do you think is the best way to go about doing a Kickstarter? how How much time and how many you know? Can you go through the, a little bit step by step what you think you need to have a successful Kickstarter?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> so a lot of my experience in life comes from. Uh, running projects in IT, uh, data management, application implementation, some of them, you know, built from scratch, some of them, of course, you know, turnkey solutions that you implement into your organization. And um, I'm often reminded uh, in life, and the Kickstarter certainly was one of these things, that um, the first thing uh, that goes wrong uh, with your plan is when you actually meet the enemy with your plan, right? I mean, it's just <laughs> like the very first contact. So, you know, I think there's a phrase at NASA or something, like no, you know, no plan ever survives first contact or something <laughs> yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. right? It, it's, if you don't actually understand how that works, that can throw you for a loop. So I, I begin my answer to you with a philosophical sort of approach, meaning be prepared to have uh, to, 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 have, be prepared to not have things work out in the way that you hope they would work out when you made the plan mm-hmm. so that you can have tools at your disposal. Um, you have to have a reservoir of information, uh, resources and people potentially, whatever it is that you have, but you need a tool set or a toolbox at your disposal to be able to handle, um, Things that are going to happen, and many of them you don't know what they are going to be. So that turns into web-based skills, uh, social media skills. That turns into you know marketing points of view. That turns into being flexible. It turns into having art assets queued up so you don't have to make them in the middle of your Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that turns into having the that physical time available to answer questions to be available to to the comments section all of those things are all important so that's the first thing so like a successful campaign to me is one where someone actually has the willingness and the scope of their mind to understand projects and how projects work um, so that they're not uh, taken unawares and mm-hmm. uh, potentially make a blunder or or or, or you know make a thousand or two thousand dollar decision that just goes down the toilet Mm-hmm. Because they didn't understand how to plan an event correctly, and they traveled to an event from their Kickstarter or something, and it just didn't bring any fruit. It was wrong or something. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that that's that's tough to quantify. So, but that's a philosophy thing, and uh, um, I've learned a lot about how I approached it for mm-hmm. myself, you know, with that point of view and all things that didn't, uh, you know, spark exactly correct and how I handled it. And some of the things I handled well, and some of the things I wasn't, uh, still wasn't quite as prepared for that I had hoped. So that's always going to happen, and those stories going to be different. Mm-hmm. Additionally, I would, um, I would offer that if you're not experienced at Kickstarter, uh, seriously consider having a Kickstarter manager. Mm. Um, I did about six weeks before the Kickstarter. I officially formed that relationship, and it worked for me. Mm. Um, it was something that was actually quite, quite good for me. A person who was uh, always available. A person who not only did tasks to help run the Kickstarter, Mm -hmm. but a person who was actually a voice of reason. (laughs) A person I could go to as that resource that I'm talking about in my previous statement of like having tools at your disposal. And there were a lot of unknowns for me. So the way I solved that problem, I said, well, I'm just going to get a Kickstarter manager guy, a guy I know and totally willing to do it. And we got together and he said, yeah, you know, let's do this. Uh, So that was a tremendous help for me, staying focused and handling Kickstarter sort of the day by day. Um, information and, and making plans I would also say that you should study Kickstarters that are successful mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna put a shout out uh, to to Andrew at knapsack games who just funded um, yesterday nice. um, Andrew uh, is the designer um, of apotheca oh. apotheca finished in six figures hundred twelve thousand dollars I believe something like that mm-hmm. uh, you know Andrew's page is is pa- basically exactly everything's right uh, everything looks correct everything flows right there's not too much information in one direction you know your questions are sort of answered as they're coming to your head as you're going down the page you know all the stuff's put together really well so that would be I guess a piece of advice I'd offer people study kickstarters not just kickstarter advice on blogs actual kickstarters and get information out of them like look at how they were executed and um, how the stretch goals were done um, things of that nature and reach out to the community and find that out and I guess maybe um, and one other piece is start early. Mm. Start early, like <laughs> nine months to one year early. Like, yeah. early. Like, have the game nine months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And talk about the game saying, I'm going to kick this nine months from now. And you're at your events with the finished game. That's how I'm going to do my next one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have it basically ready to go instead of have half the game nine months ahead of time. And then by the time I get to four months ahead of time, I basically have the game. You know, mm-hmm. I lost a lot of precious opportunity. I think um, in that time to to promote better and be better prepared for my launch. Mm-hmm. And so uh, nine months ahead would be. I'm not. I, I don't have any data for this. That's my, my You know, one year to nine months is going to give you. You know, if you got the game ready to go. Um, I mean, really ready to go, even with rules included, like ready to go. Then you have all that confidence behind you that you have this product. And if things start to creak and there's still little things you've missed, you'll you'll find them before way before you get to the Kickstarter. But start promoting that Kickstarter. Have that that focus in mind and uh, get out there ahead of it. And of course, reviewers, 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 <laughs> podcast uh, groups. You know, get that thing out um, not just during the Kickstarter because Kickstarter doesn't work that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years ago when I said, "Hey, let's do Kickstarter," it was still back then. It was still very much a community where you launch and you have this decent launch, and then you get these thirty days. To build a community as you go mm-hmm. and gain momentum and then you know da and then maybe you reach stretch goals you know, by three weeks or by that last week you know, and so you hit three or four maybe five stretch goals in this big push in the last week well now there 's a completely different experience um, from my point of view. The way I saw it unfolding was you really want to fund your first two days mm-hmm um, or as close to funding. I mean, you really want to have this like two-thirds funded type thing. You want to boom. You just want to be really just completely launched like a rocket right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, you, And then you spend the, the rest of the time working towards stretch goals and things. I mean, those are the ones that um, – the pattern I'm seeing in these really great successful Kickstarters. And they've done that work going back to my one year to nine months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. They're doing all that work building up to your launch. So that everybody's already queued up, and the reviewers are queued up, and, and the community is queued up, and then you have this fantastic uh, launch day, and you get to you know you get to then you know manage the success of your Kickstarter rather than managing trying to make your goal, mm-hmm. um, which is what I ended up doing. I had to manage making my goal through the whole process. I didn't fund to my last day, and um, a completely different experience can be had uh, with a different uh, level of preparation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Those are some of my I guess immediate thoughts off the top of my
0: head. But... <laughs> just a couple. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well I think I think you've actually made quite a few really good points, actually. I think pre- preparation is definitely a big thing. You know, you can't just you can't just bring something half assed into it because again, it's just just like anything, if you do something halfway, then it's only gonna, you know, do about half, you know, or less, you know, if you're not prepared. I think the uh, the biggest thing that I've seen now coming into, you know, how Kickstarter has been is I th- really think that your online presence is big time. Of course, you can do all this stuff live and stuff like that, and if you have the tools to, you know, travel, you know, outside of your, you know, state or, you know, within a certain vicinity of where you live, that's good and that will actually get things get the ball you know rolling a little bit better but i you know i really do think the online presence is very big thing another another thing is i think um adaptation to everything because again there's going to be some some things that go really wrong there's going to be some things that go really good and even though the really something going really good could be great at the same time it could be another challenge for you too so you have to kind of watch out for that i think but you know, I think what you said about the initial push, you know, trying to get most of, you know, not, not only to try to get yourself, you know, funded, but mostly funded within the first few days, that is huge because what I've seen, you know, again, we've done, you know, quite a few interviews with people that have, that have done Kickstarters, whether they be really good, really successful Kickstarters or not, a big thing is that first push. If that first push is terrible, 90 per, 80 90% of the time it's going to fail. So you have to be really careful about that to make sure that you really get that first big wave. So and I think that I think that comes back to that media side of it where if you've got, you know, say you're on Twitter and you've got, you know, people say a thousand followers. I don't know if that's quite the number, but if you you know, depending upon how much your game actually is, if your game is like 25 30 bucks, you're going to have to get a lot more backers to get to a certain point unless you keep your goal really low if you have your goal pretty high you have to realize that you're probably gonna have to get a lot more backers than you were thinking you know so i think there's a lot of different variables that come into a, su- a successful kickstarter
1: most definitely our challenge of course is that gamesicle is not a known brand where mm-hmm. we're, we're new mm-hmm. um and then as designers we're new mm-hmm. so we can't leverage those things mm-hmm. and so when i did a lot of my research I slowly crept into the territory where I was studying and looking into things where people had brands mm-hmm. and had pedigree. Mm-hmm. And, and so basing some of my initial assumptions, including them in sort of my data set, including them in, in sort of the way I was thinking was probably not right. Mm-hmm. I should have really actually considered people who had breakouts, mm-hmm. people who actually did well with very few amount or, or, or early in their development or early in their podcast uh, I mean, early, early in, their, in their stuff, you know, early in their brand uh, management or in their, their early years or you know, whatever it was. And, and so there, there was a lot, of different, a lot of different things now that I'm looking back and I'm seeing much more clearly. Certainly for me personally, the experience of actually um, getting prepared for the Kickstarter, I did reach this point approximately three weeks before launch when my brain was full. It was just full, man. I, I was. It was. It was like I, I. I just really couldn't put any more information in it. I couldn't read anymore. I could, you know, I couldn't study any more stats. I could you know, I had all these tasks I was doing as well. As, you know, all these plates spinning. The same. That's where again, when the Kickstarter manager helped, you know, task lists and, and what what to be done in what order, um, and, and helping me to stay focused and. Um, and be able to to understand the big picture because they they've been on the other side and they you know they've been through the whole journey. I mm-hmm. mean, um, all this is new to me, and um, uh, so that was a big help for me uh, to being able to just get to day one because uh, that 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 whole month of April was was just insane.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Just just like getting to getting getting to any point of something really exciting, you know, a lot of times it's you know it's 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 really terrifying. You know, you think about it, it's like okay. We got this big thing, you know. We put a lot of our time into it. It's not just you; it's a lot of other people, you know. And you know, you want it to go perfectly, so you know, it's it's hard not to be at that point where it's just like, you know, like you said, your brain is full. You're just like, okay here we go you know this is basically you know it's like hell or high water you know that kind of thing that's right i'm pressing the green button this is happening <laughs> exactly exactly here you're ready for the ride you know ready for the ride so um i have a question about the whole kickstarter manager so is that is that something through kickstarter themselves is that somebody you found just through different channels that you know is it somebody that's been a specifically g- part of the game Side of Kickstarter, or what, what? What's where was he coming from, or she?
1: Yeah, I've met two individuals um, that um, are uh, that that do that do this quite a bit, mm. um, and they've both been met through events. Okay, so um, it, it you, you start to put yourself out there um, as a company, which is I, I would recommend that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being in a game store, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if I'm only in playing my game with three people. I don't have to be an event that has ten thousand people in it mm-hmm. uh, to, to to feel productive. Yeah. So it's very important for me to stay connected. So that's just a thing I do. So any event that is happening, and this can be small, sort of like tabletop events, all the way to you know full cons. Um, yeah, I put myself in those situations, and that's where I develop my relationships. And uh, so those are the people I met. And yeah, and so my my Kickstarter manager is Ed Healy, who uh, runs the Gamerati. Gamerati.com, a little shout out to to Ed and the Gamerati, and uh, yeah, and so you know, Ed approached me, he's like, hey, I really like your product, and like where you're going, and how's the Kickstarter going, and we had a conversation, he's like, well, if you're interested, you know, and need some help, feel free to reach out to me, and I thought about it for um, three or four weeks or so, and then, like I said, I started getting closer and closer, and uh, it became pretty obvious
0: um, to me that I need some help. (laughs) Yeah, and that's that's a big thing, a lot of people don't realize that, like, As much help as you can get, that is a very good thing. There's no, I, I, there is really no, I don't really think there's that much of a downside to it. I mean, as long as you do your research on, you know, who you're, you know, who you're with basically, because there'll probably be some people out there that are, you know, maybe not as, you know, I don't know, maybe not as good in the game, so to speak, as other people are, but. It's always good to have feelers, and you know, if you ever have any questions, to ask other people that have been through it. Because again, most of the time, we have found out in this, you know, this in the game community, no matter where you know what side of the fence you're on, um, everyone is usually pretty good at at you know wanting the wanting everyone else to succeed too. You know, there's hardly you know I don't think I've seen anybody that's like oh. Well, I don't like this, and I think it should fail you know you know I mean you probably have a couple of people out there that are just naysayers to be naysayers. It's just just how it is, but for the most part, it seems like it's a very positive place, and a lot of people are really willing to you know get anything out there just you know to have another option you know and to you know and to have other people be successful at it so
1: yeah i've I've seen a tremendous amount of support mm-hmm. uh the uh the phrase you know, success rises all boats, mm-hmm. comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that phrase has been used. It was used at Gamma, the Gamma trade show. Nice. It, so there, there is that sentiment, that feeling out there, and I'm, I'm glad for it. We feel the same way at Gamesicle.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I don't actually feel that I'm directly competing with other games.
0: Mm-hmm. Games
1: are, uh, to us, games are experiences to be had, mm-hmm. and, and certain game experiences uh, do certainly appeal uh, to people in such a way that, you know, you get your go-to games. Um, people that play games over and over and over. So there is this sort of sense that you know, you know, c- certain games are better than other games. But mm-hmm. we don't, we don't think of it that way at Gamesicle. Mm-hmm. We just say, hey, we want to make a quality experience for people to share, and we just hope it's on the shelf with your other stuff. And so we're not ever really feeling uh, intimidated and or or like strictly competitive mm-hmm. uh, with other game products or other um, other independents who are also striving for the same thing. And that attitude, I think, that we've worn um, has been met with the same. We've mm-hmm. met the same attitude from others. Yeah. And that's been a tremendous thing, and that helped me a lot in my Kickstarter. Perfect. We got a lot of support from people.
0: Yep, and that's always great. So now that you guys have got, uh, you've got production kind of, you know, on its way and you're, you know, you're getting the pieces together. uh, Is there a way for anybody to get a hold of this game that haven't been able to be a part of the Kickstarter once you guys have the final product?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, on our website, we have a link. You know, we use Square. You know, we're pretty straightforward. Uh, we have a you know merchant site online, and there is a pre order available for Bain. And uh, the advantage being that the uh, the wooden, the laser cut wooden tokens, the add on for eight dollars is is uh, available to anybody who does a pre order. We're not sure. How many sets we will have okay. of the wooden tokens when the game is published, okay. um, and there isn't right now a plan of actually packaging those or having those available. So that that's um, it's not a Kickstarter exclusive, as it were, but mm-hmm. you know it is something that is essentially to help us with this first edition mm-hmm. and to to be an offering. So uh, so mm-hmm. anybody that's really interested in having really cool wooden components definitely would want the want to do the uh, do the pre order. So that's just a the same tier, the same base tier that we had in the Kickstarter of twenty eight dollars the hunter level. Uh, $28, no shipping U.S., and um, linked directly to uh, our uh, our Square Marketplace from our website or from the Kickstarter page.
0: Perfect. Great. So everybody can get their hand on Bade now. Pretty oh, of serious. course. You pretty know, it'll be available. Soon. Yeah, yeah be absolutely. A, as soon as you can get it, which is great. So we're, sure. we're looking for October, you said.
1: Uh, October goes into production. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it goes into production October okay. and um, uh, goes through you know all the processes, mm-hmm. And should be coming to the U.S. in January. Okay. you know, depending on the actual, you know, uh, boat it gets on and all those things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're on schedule. We have a February delivery date. It's what we committed to in the Kickstarter, Perfect. and um, we're yeah, everything's lined up to make that happen.
0: Perfect. It'll be here before you know it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Whether you want to or not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matthew. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Any upcoming projects? Any past games that you want to promote? Anything else?
1: Well, with Bane we have an interesting opportunity not only just from the, you know, being able to fund a game mm-hmm. in, in and of itself, so the tabletop card game uh, being one product, but we did put energy effort into the background and sort of the theme of the game as you probably noticed from your you know co- preview copy mm-hmm. that the cards have identities on them mm-hmm. those identities don't specifically come into play um, in the tabletop game in that version but one could look at the cards and say well you know what is the difference between you know the succubus vampire versus the strogoi versus the feeder mm-hmm. um, and, you know why, why have it's neat and thematic that there's these cards with different speeds and they have different identities and, oh that's kind of cool you know so it's it, it's fun for the immersion aspect uh, so it plays off well. However, those aren't just there for the immersion aspect. We actually do have a, a much deeper, richer uh, you know, set of ideas and uh, some developed themes throughout the game, and we now have the opportunity to follow through with that. Um, so that's what we're considering. We do have a dice game, um, a casual yeah. dice game that we can uh, skin with bane, a little pressure luck dice game. It's got, uh, it's got the baining in it, you, you know, bane each other. We <laughs> got a little bit of the theme, and uh, we're also considering the uh, the possibility of go ahead and advancing on our plans for you know uh, an expansion, which adds yeah, nice. a different set of parameters for those that really you know fans. But we'll, our idea of an expansion is you know those that love the game. Want to do other things with it, mm-hmm. and give them more of a playground and more of a toolbox mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to to mess with things and, and engage themselves. And so, you have outlines for that. And we are also considering um, creating a skin, if you will, or a, a setting. Use the bane as a setting for um, RPGs. Um, okay. We have our site set on yeah, we have our site set on Savage Worlds, uh, which we are uh, fans of as a great system uh, with a great licensing. Uh, open licensing and and uh, fast, fun, and furious is their is their tagline, mm-hmm. and that totally matches uh, sort of the IP of Bane. And so we've kind of ruled a Bane then that, that has opened up, and that's that's because of the Kickstarter.
0: Nice. <laughs>
1: Kickstarter provided us the opportunity to to make the product and give us the chance now uh, to take it to to the next step. So so we are working on that. We do have a strategy board game uh, that we've been working on for over four years. Oh, nice. um, that's kind of sort of our our big you know sort of our big project, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll be hearing things about that in the upcoming months. As we're preparing to sort of go to like a like a public you know announcement, to sort of reveal mm-hmm. um, that there's this game in the works, and so that is that is already uh, in motion. So All that's right. some of the stuff uh, coming up from us right now.
0: All right. Well, that's just another reason to have you back on to talk about something else. So you bet. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've talked about. All the stuff that's coming up, and that's great. It's great to know that Bane is something that you guys had just, you know, kind of thrown out there as a, you know, a, a love, and ho- we're hoping to make make it into something, into reality. And now, now you've got a lot of other stuff to play off in the Bane world, and that's exciting. It's great to see not just only in the board game, but possibly in the RPG world, and you know, really immersing yourselves in the Bane world instead of just being like, "Here's Bane, and that's that's it." You know, it's nice to see a little more than just just the regular game.
1: Yeah, we, um, I, I'm fascinated personally by the ability to create um, interpersonal uh, dynamics um, that are not too forced, but at the same time uh, carry some great tension with them when it comes to RPGs. Mm-hmm. When it comes to RPGs, if you just simply have a class that has like a role to play in combat, then you're sort of left with the influence of, a, of the human, the actual player, sort of sometimes creating drama at the table just to kind of make it make interactions interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, what we're offering with Bane, the thing we're exploring, is this idea that, of course, everybody has an order of prey relationship um, in the game. Vampires, you know, prey upon humans, humans prey upon werewolves, werewolves prey upon vampires, right? There's mm-hmm. that whole relationship in Bane. So by translating that to an RPG setting, think of what it might be like to actually be on a mission or a quest, if you mm-hmm. will. yeah. And your party is comprised of these species that actually have an influence over each other. Mm-hmm. And creates this really great, rich dynamic that really excites us. Yeah. Or you know, the idea of three humans having to go on this mission, but they have to include this vampire as their, you know, guide or what have you. So there's this interesting, you know, level of potential mistrust or something. And so there's these interesting dynamics that exist just strictly because of the setting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And they have ramifications, of course, mechanically in the game. And so that's what we're exploring and we're looking at doing an actual free uh, free release. It'll be a PDF um, that's our know, test drive rules, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much standard you know sort of standard approach from uh, in, indies like us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and we're hoping maybe to have something uh, coming together in the fall that, that we can show people and share and, and have like a little plot line or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that kind of stuff really excites us. We're not just a, a card game company. We've, been, mm-hmm. we've made sort of two card games, one one simpler, one more robust, but we really love role-playing. And so, you know, my heart's kind of living there. I want to go sort of in that design space, and then we have this, you know, strategy board game. Uh, so we love nice, big, fat, robust strategy games as well. So that's kind of our design space that we're in, and uh, looking forward to the next two years of building the company and building the brands.
0: That's perfect. Well, I, and something came to me, too, thinking about, you know, not only do you have the thing with the Bane going to the RPG, but it also could be reversed. Say so you're doing your, your RPGs, and you, you've you had you had these characters say you have the setting you played with your game group for a couple of years well you can take those and knowing knowing gamers the way they are and how wonderfully creative they are they could be like okay you know what i love my character from this game i can i i you know i have a really creative at drawing and i make up my own card for bane so it's like my character and i you know label him as such and put him into that game so it could kind of go the other way that way so you you're really you know, there's really a bunch of different ways where you can kind of combine the world of Bane together, which is great.
1: Yeah, we're hoping to, to have these, you know, these cards. There's eight speeds in the game, so we have 24 sort of icons, 24 nice. characters. Yeah. And we know that that's important for branding, that's important for, for consumers to be able to, you know, for players to attach themselves to things that they enjoy. They have to have a bridge. Like, how do I, how do I, how do I know that I like this This experience I'm having, Mm -hmm. and and characters are a really big thing. Iconic characters, so that was part of the thought that went into how we built things. We said, well, let's go ahead and embed you know the game with some iconic sort of characters, a place that's this bridge. So what you're describing is exactly was the intent uh, (laughs) to get people engaged and say, hey, you know, I like this guy for this reason. This dude looks cool, Mm or I like. I wonder the backstory is of this thing, mm-hmm. and um, and that's an, another level for people to enjoy the to enjoy the the gameplay experience. Perfect. So, uh and, and we're huge on fan based uh, materials, so mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to um, have enough bandwidth in our own company to be able to pay attention and launch some things and open things up and start to promote and have people contribute content and maybe mm-hmm. have you know not even contests, just just a way to integrate you know a fan based uh, material you know whatever yeah. form it shows up mm-hmm. and have ways to support that and then you can connect with people you can go to conventions and then they can show up right and you can you know share play experiences together and do very cool unique things and uh, who knows maybe someone comes up with a great concept and it becomes an expansion or something mm-hmm. you know? yeah absolutely
0: yeah yeah there's a lot of different options out there good work good work all right well i think i've got everything again follow at game of skull on twitter follow him on facebook Keep an eye out. Go to Gameschools website, pre-order Bane, get all the goodies with it, um, and then also look in the future for all the other Bane stuff, and then the board game when that comes out too. And then also go back and go back and buy their previous card game too on their website. So appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on again.